0: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Calhoun Ward Living Histories Podcast. I am your host, John Phillips, a member of the Calhoun Ward. Let's dive in and learn more about our ward members. Hi, my name is Lauren Ree. Uh, my maiden last name was uh, Schwepke. Um, uh, my parents are Virginia uh, Hooker now, um, and then is, my dad is uh, Stephen Schwepke. And then I have uh, four siblings. Um, My older sister, she just uh, passed away this recent Wednesday uh, with cancer. Um, And then I had uh, Tommy, my brother. He's always on the road. He's a truck driver. Um, Erica, she lives in Pennsylvania. And then Sarah, she lives over there on the other side of Atlanta, um, where my family's kind of spread all out from each other. We always have been. Nobody's really connected as much um i don't i don't talk to my dad actually i haven't talked to my dad since i was probably mm, seven or eight years old i haven't seen him heard from him i don't even know if he's alive anymore um and my mom is in south carolina barely kind of talked to her so i'm pretty much kind of on my own (laughs) occasionally talk to my siblings here and there (laughs) As Wednesday, we actually started bonding a little bit more, which kind of was bad that a death in the family had to bring us together. And hopefully, it will stay we together instead of breaking apart. My um, childhood growing up, kind of stage from up until about seven or eight, was basically a blur in my memory. Um, it was more like I lived with my dad, he was very abusive. Um, me and my sister got taken away from Chicago, Illinois, and moved to Georgia. Um, My mom was kind of on the road all the time trying to follow her career, or her life path, or whatever, of being a music singer. Um, But I do remember my friends that I was hanging out with a lot in Marietta. They were pretty neat to hang out with, though. I mean, made some kind of bad decisions, but what kid doesn't, you know? I mean, especially if you're on your own. Um, But with all that, though, it wasn't, you know, we just went out and hung out and I still have a friend to this day named Jerry that I still communicate once in a while with. Uh, we would hang out and go to like the park or play at the park or go, you know, play basketball and this and that and everything, so. so I was in chorus in my ninth grade. I lived in chorus and stuff, so I got myself into that. And then majority of the time, like, um, I was in high school, I had a lot of good friends in high school and despite that we all stuck together and everything. And then at the time, as, you know, how—so um, I didn't want to, like, go down some of those wrong paths. I My mom sent me to Job Corps. So I went to Job Corps in, in uh, North Carolina for a little while. Um, had some good friends out there. Um, hung out with them a little while and everything. Um, I didn't really get to do any activity things like that because I was still in that stage of just running the roads a lot. So— it's um I didn't like make horrifyingly bad decisions, but my friends did you know, like I was not a follower on that part i was I wasn't a leader either. I was just well, I guess you kind of, kind of a follower, you know, but I didn't do the things that they did, you know um I do remember um before you know we got in this church, I was a Baptist at one time for a long time um I got baptized in uh in North Carolina, in a river, <laughs> out there with a bunch of group of friends that I went to job corps with, and stuff. So, I did, um, I was a bricklayer, did concrete and brickling. <laughs> so that was something else. Um, that's actually where I met my uh, first husband too. Uh, then he, you know, we separated, and then he went to the military and went to Iraq and all that after nine eleven. I wanted to be like in some kind of activity things besides just chorus in ninth grade, but I didn't really have that, you know, person pushing me to doing the things that, you know, he got to really do, you know. I can say two people in my life, and I will say this, even though. Jennifer, my oldest sister that just passed away, I have always looked up to her. Cause you know, and she was you know whenever since I was young, I've always looked up to her. Um, you said influence, right? Yeah, she was a big influence in my life a lot too. Because um, she graduated at that Georgia Tech College, and she was um, did um, she graduated with uh, being the weather people, you know, the news broadcasting people. So she graduated with that career um, thing. Um, she was just really active in a lot of things she have always done. You know, she was fit, you know, just kept, kept herself going, took care of herself a lot and everything before everything hit the ground. Um, but she was one person I was looked up to a lot. Um, and then my stepdad that went away. He didn't die or anything. He just decided to leave and take off and run off, go back to Las Vegas. But he was a lot of influence in my life, too, because— um, he just, he was like the father figure that I really wanted to have around, you know. He always took care of us. He's always like, he made, he tried to make sure that we were doing the right thing all the time. Um, even though we tried to go behind his back, but he knew what we were doing. Cause he's like been there, done that type thing. <laughs> you ain't fooling me. He <laughs> ain't sneaking out that window, <laughs> you know. So, but he's been a really big influence in my life too. And, um, I guess... I mean, with all that though, I mean, my mom a little bit in certain ways, you know, because of her being a hard worker and she's always trying to tell all this girls, you know, you know, it, it's a man's world. You have to be stronger, you know, in a, you know, in this world and fight for what you want, you know, being a female. And it's true because I deal with it a lot at my work now, you know, and, uh, and, you know, she worked at uh, Lockheed, Dobbins and she retired from there um she worked there even from the beginning of my oldest sister's being pregnant with her so she's worked there for like centuries and then retired from there and then worked at boeing and then now she's like living in south carolina by herself because after my grandma passed away so now she's on her own but um i can say those those three were pretty much in their own little ways so my mom was like you're not gonna be here no more you're getting in too much trouble." I'm going to send you a Job Corps. So I went to Job Corps, and I dropped out probably, I don't think it was like mm, 12th grade, maybe? The beginning of 12th grade? Yeah. Somewhere around then, because I know I had to come back and finish up 12th grade again. So um, I ended up, she ended up sending me out on a little bus, and I got on, you know, and then drove, and we went on the Greyhound bus all the way to Job Corps, and I stayed there for at least six, seven months or so, something like that. And then... Um, and then after that, uh, I, what it is, is a place where you can go to, where you could try to get your education, you can go back to high school to try to get your education, or you could follow in with a career path. My career path <coughs> was going to be um, carpentry, but they didn't have carpentry open at the time, so all I could pick was being Something was going to hold me over because I was going to plan on going to go do my, you know, finishing up my last year of high school at Job Corps at that at that high school, and so what happened was is I ended up I ended up doing bricklaying. So we used to we would go out and make like con, you know, basically like your sidewalks and everything like that, or fire pits or things like that and everything. Just kind of get you a good feel of what it was all about, and um and. The dude that I had my kids with, he was actually a painter. So he was, like, painting houses and stuff like that, you know, everything. So, like, we all had our different little things. And my friends that were there, one was did bricklaying with me. Uh, and then uh, the other, my other friend, her thing was carpentry, but she was already in there. So I, I would have to sit and wait until they had an open spot where I could take that class, which they didn't. Because um, I was just ready to get out of there because I was jumping from one thing to another all the time. So, um, at then I told my mom, I was like, I'm just not dealing with it. I don't want to deal with it here. You know, I don't want to be here. Um, cause I felt like it was like a, like a boot camp, you know, and so I was like, you know, I want to have my free run to run, you know, and so I didn't want to deal with it. So I ended up getting a bus ticket and I ended up driving or getting the bus all the way back to Atlanta, you know? And then I uh, got on the old bus and went to Marriott and, and made it back, basically, to Dallas, Georgia. Um, um, and the dude followed me home, as usual, like a freaking lost puppy. <laughs> and so followed me home and everything. And then I told him, this isn't going to work. You know, I don't want you to follow me home, blah, blah, blah. So he went back to Calhoun because this is where he's technically from. And um, so I ended up going back to school. And then it was... I ended up um, running back into the one dude I had dated a long time ago. Before then, we were actually really close and everything. He's she's he's the one that my mom was trying to get me away from, um, and that's where we had. I have my oldest daughter, Savannah, and then it turned around to where, like, right after that, um, uh, you know, I finished I finished up high school and everything like that, and and then over time. Um, my mom tried to get me to convince me that, oh, he's no good, he's just a pothead, he drinks all the time, he doesn't do anything, he doesn't care about you, and he really wasn't doing really well, but, you know, when you're young, you're stupid, you don't really think about things like that, you're like, oh, he loves me, you know. So then after that, I ended up um, falling back into the trap of uh, the guy I went to, you know, he was in, you know, um, in the military. not It wasn't really, like, a trap trap. But I mean, it kind of was, but it wasn't, you know. Um, so I ended up getting back with him again and everything. And then, uh, you know, he was like, oh, here's my card, you know, I don't need it over here. I keep getting deployed, blah, 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 you know, and everything. So um, over, the, you know, the years went by and stuff like that. It was right after nine eleven, like talk like, right after he went straight to, you know. And then, uh, then after that... Um, I ended up taking me in Savannah and we ended up moving in with him. And that's where Ginger and Patrick come along, you're, you know, going on down the road as being together married to him. Because we were married for like nine years. So, I mean, I've known him for a really, really long time, you know, but we were married for about like nine years. And then it kind of like ditched me and the kids off and took, you know, had some, some kind of plan thing, I guess. I don't know what it was. And then uh, me and my kids were basically kind of, like, stranded with, like, nothing. And that's where he comes along. And he, like, you know, was there for me. We met each other at that red light. And so it's, that's kind of pretty much how it came from one thing to another. We've, me and him had a, a long, struggling time together, too, trying to make ends meet and, you know, this and that and everything. His family didn't approve of me, you know, at for, the beginning with my kids and everything. And then he said, forget that. I don't care what you old people think, you know. Because, you know, he's had a rough time growing up, too. You know, so we just kind of connected, stayed together, and worked it out. And then uh, it has been, like, what, 13, 14 years later? <laughs> anyway, this is us now. Yeah. <laughs> he's had his problems. I've had my issues. And we just made it together, you know. And that's how it went. My daughter, my oldest one, was like, Mom, you look at, you know, I was just like, no. Was, you know, at first, well, it, it came down to his his weird-looking friend at first, and then I was just, like, no, you know, and, because he was hiding. He was going to tell you that. He was, like, like this, you know, like, trying to be bashful, you know, everything, and, like, my my daughter was, like, you know, like, kept pointing at him, you know, and then we ended up, um, well, skip the drama dude, but me and him ended up connecting really good, you know, and we ended up, um I got a lot of memories with him, like, over there, you know, where the pool is at, little pool area over here in Calhoun. Uh, there's a little table that's not there anymore because we walked over there one time to do some of his magnet fishing thing, and to see if the table was there and it wasn't there anymore. It's just like a very like a stone little part of it in the ground, but that's where me and him sat at, you know, and. And everything, and we went swimming over there before together. And then you got the whole Wendy's thing and stuff like that. So, yeah, the red light, like, every time I pass by the red light, look at the red light, you know. Like, you cannot. <laughs> it's really – it's funny. It's neat how how we came about with each other on that part. Mm. I don't know. I, I mean, I try to just, like, I get over it. Because I know later on me and him are going to be able to renew our vowels and stuff one day. You know, when, thing, when we start getting on our feet a little bit more and things start – Getting a little bit better, you know. Um, we'll go out there and do that, <laughs> yeah. But um, I, th- it, it was, um, it, it was kind of depressing because I mean, yeah, i just saying <laughs> because he proposed when Christmas. Not really, he didn't even propose on Christmas. It was kind of more of a here's your box. <laughs> He's an amateur. <laughs> He's gonna make up for the, but see, here's the thing he did do. He did make up for it during Valentine's though, because we went on the most awesomest boat trip together out there in Savannah, Georgia, and we went out there. But then he got a headache, and I was like, oh, <laughs> seriously. But we did. We had the little dinner cruise and stuff, and it was nice. And then we were walking around downtown Savannah together, and he made up for the whole entire thing of the the whole Christmas proposal thing. <laughs> He's an amateur, so, you know. He's just like, yeah, here's your box. I'm like, oh, thanks. you going to propose? <laughs> it was more, you marry me? Okay, whatever. <laughs> then as the time goes on, because the kids were more important on Christmas morning, so that was okay. <laughs> Savannah, she is the oldest one. She's 20 years old, and she's had a quite a life of growing up. Um, me and her have connected a lot like this, you know, because usually your first one you always connect really hardcore with. Um, she's been there through a lot of this and that with me, you know, after the fact of um, technically after the – after, you know, she doesn't remember a lot when she was smaller because, you know, that doesn't – that's kind of faded away. But, like, a lot when uh, basically after um, the divorce of me and the one first dude – you know, the the one guy, um, of uh, Patrick and Ginger's dad. Um, but she's she's grown out to be a very smart, intelligent young woman. You know, she's made she's um was an eight honoral student, you know. She's um was banned all from ninth all the way to twelfth grade. Um she's definitely a leader, never a follower. She knows exactly what she wants in life and uh, she, she you know, she's went through a few couple different thoughts in her brain with, you know, the nursing. Then she went to be a paramedic. That didn't fall through. But, you know, I told her, don't give up on that completely. And now she's a 911 dispatcher. So I'm just proud of her because she's always had that thought in her brain that she wanted to help people, you know. And she's finding a, a goal. And she made it. She did it. And then I got Patrick working on him. He's got a mouth on him, but he's a very intelligent kid. He makes good grades in school. He's going to be 17 on March 23rd of this, you know, this month. Um, so he likes to play games a lot. Um, he's always on the PlayStation, plays his games all the time. Um, he's He's got, um, I think, a little bit more kind of why his temper is the way he is because he's kind of had a rough life growing up, though, you know. With the whole like splitting of the parents and stuff like that, and then having to go here and then go there, here or there, you know, he's, you know, um, he he wants to have like that kind of like that father figure thing a lot, you know, like that too, um, and you know, Timothy being in the military a lot, he's kind of like he's got PTSD a lot, you know, too. So we try to be there for him a lot too, because you know he's going through a lot, you know, war and all that, you know, and then. um and he just loves him. He likes to pick at him all the time. So they those two pick at each other nonstop. Um, but if he ever had advice, I know he could go right to him and talk to him. You know, even with it's a stepdad, you know. Um, with Patrick, he's uh, he's he's grew up with having Aspergers, so he kind of does the whole like. That's why he does. That's why he doesn't really go to church with us a lot either, because he's always afraid that people are going to laugh at him. He always has that mental picture of people. Like, doing things like that. I keep trying, no, it wouldn't be, you know, nobody's going to do that, you know. But he, in his mindset, he feel, feels that way, you know. And I do think that a lot that he, um, he reads the Bible a lot too, you know. I do think he does. He's just one of those kind of closed books, you know what I mean. Um, then you got Ginger. Uh, Ginger is 13. She just turned 13 in December, on December 9th. Um, she's kind of got her dark stages right now. I think she's um, on two different paths of really what her feelings are about men and women. Um, I think she's still just too young. You know, she has been to the church here before. She loves coming here, you know, although her dad's kind of more of got say so on what she wants her to do with her life. So um, he, he's completely different on that part. Um, but she's a sweet, intelligent kid. She keeps her grades up and everything. You know, she's—I call her my little gothic girl because she wears all black all the time. i but she's not like that mindset. You know, she just likes to be like ah, you know, like that. Um, she's kind of a closed book sometimes too. We were trying to get her some mental health and everything like that because she—I think there's a lot of things deep down in her that she's got problems with too. Um, but I try to open her up and get her to talk a lot too um, as best as we can, you know, um, and then we got little McKenzie. that's mine and his, she's, uh, seven, and she is the cheerleader of the cheerleading squad, okay, this girl is like, you know, (laughs) she is the bubbliest thing ever, jumping off the wall, she's very smart kid, you know, um, that's why I try to tell all of them, you know, to, uh, you know, I'm not going to intervene a lot of what they do in their life, you know, but I just want to, I will definitely intervene a lot when it comes down to, like, their schoolwork, you know, or what they want to do with their life or, you know, and everything. I just tell them, like, you know, if you ever have um, problems or issues, you can always come and talk to me about, you know. I just love being outdoors. It's my hobby. My hobby is, like, hiking and and I like swimming because I love the ocean. And he's planning on moving us out there towards the ocean very soon because we put in for an apartment out there um, in Rinkin, Georgia, actually. And um, we're going to start try to start fresh out there. But, yeah, that's my hobbies is really just going out and exploring. And, and I love history, just, you know, not as much as he does. He can tell you anything. But, you know, I just learned from him a lot, you know. History is a lot of fun to learn and see different battlefields and all the monuments and everything and just learn about all the cultures and things. The whole way we, how we met them and everything is that they walked down the road one night and everything, and he was, I was sitting outside with him, and I was just trying to get him to calm himself and everything like that, and you could just see that look in his eyes and everything, and then <coughs> Marvin and uh, what's his other one's name? McKee and Martin. McKee? McKee and Marvin? Marvin. Martin. Martin. They walked up and everything and then um yeah, I just needed to see if they could pray for him, you know? I like I knew it like since it's instinct right then, you know, like something telling me, get them, you know? So I am going there ask them, the kind of get that look like what the world, you know, that was kinda of off a little bit. But then they came over and then, um, they came in the house and stuff and sat there, and we started talking to them for at least an hour or so. And then he started like coming to, like feeling a lot better about himself, you know, which was an extreme blessing. So, like, um, then they started, like, and you know, we started coming to the church and everything like that. They invited us and everything, and and um, and I just saw a whole big change in him completely, like for the better, you know. So, it's like if that can change him, something like that could change him, and and in him being around friends, like family like this, to sit there and help him, then that's definitely knowing that that church is true, you know, because like, I don't know very many places that could actually do that to somebody that has mental health like that, you know? Like, yeah. (laughs) When I was, I don't know what age I was, but um, I, I was living with my dad. And that was when I was really young, and um, when he he was I was actually had I was locked up in a, a closet, and he used to abuse me, and um, um was that? I just felt like ever since um. I, when I felt like Jesus was really close to me, and I knew ever since then is when I was younger, and and I felt like that was the last time because I knew that me and my sister got taken away from our dad the very next day because I had uh, bruise marks and um and beating marks and everything all over me, and uh and it, I felt like uh, Jesus was there with me that night, you know, and um I just kept seeing this this you know like this uh like. You know how like, you know, like when he's there, I don't know how to explain it. It's kind of hard to explain. Um, but I was only a little kid, you know, and uh like how to explain how it? like I felt like I felt this presence next to me and that's how I knew when, you know, cause when you're like blacked out and everything, you don't know what's going on and you feel like that, that might be your last time and then I kept seeing this like white horse and everything like that in my in my thoughts and everything like that so that's why I'm always had is like reading up on everything to try to figure it out and and like a lot of different things over my lifetime that I've read about Jesus and everything this uh kind of connected the dots and that's how I knew that that was the first time that I felt like I ever really connected with him and I know I had like a messed up, screwed up life that I kept running down the wrong roads, I always knew that he was right there, you know? So that uh, that's how I knew. It's hard to talk to people about that. I don't let things get to me like that. You know, I don't, I try not to, you know, because like you just try to go on with your life and make it better and make your kids life better and and learn from your mistakes and stuff like that you know like what your parents did you, you don't do that to them you know you try to do better and I know I didn't do a lot good for my kids growing up because I was still not mental I'm still young I don't want to have responsibility think this and that thing you know but um I don't know I tried to strive to do as best as I could though just by being there for people you know like, anybody needs something, we dare. Like, we could see a homeless person on the side of the road, me and him will stop on the side of the road just to give them the whatever, our last bit of money or food that we had traveled with or whatever, you know, because it's the type of people we are. Family, y'all are all like a big... Family, I just love it because he's like he was saying too, and it's true. You could go here, you could have a horrifying week at work, at school. I don't care where you're at. You come in here, and it's just like this relief because everybody's just so loving and nurturing. And you, if you need something, they're they're right there. You need somebody to talk to, they're right there. You know, so it's like it just it just feels good every time you pull up in this parking lot all the time and come in here because it's like family show all the love that you possibly can, you know, just open your heart up to people and walk like Jesus did, and then you'll just thrive better in life, and, you know, um, just be the bigger person, too, whenever it feels like life's coming at you, just you know, when people are just nagging at you, just be the bigger person, turn around, walk away like Jesus did, you know, and help people. Just basically be like your father in heaven do. You know, just do what you're supposed to do. the right thing. Make the right choices in life. Well, that brings us to a close for this week's podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed the personal history and stories presented today. And most of all, I hope it has brought you closer to another member of our ward.